Let us pray. God of Sabaoth, creator and preserver of all things, in your infinite mercy you have given your only begotten Son to redeem the children of men, that by his innocent death on the cross he should blot out the handwriting of our sins and reconcile the world to you. For his sake, accept our humble praise and graciously hear our supplications. Give us true repentance, forgive us our sins, negligence, and ignorance, and by your Holy Spirit, Grant that we may live according to your word. Enable us to cast off the works of darkness which war against the soul. And deliver us from all our enemies, both visible and invisible, which seek to destroy us. Help us to walk by faith in your sight, to crucify the flesh, and to keep ourselves pure from all unholy thoughts, words, and actions. Incline our hearts to fear, love, and trust in you above all things, and let them be so fixed with steadfast faith in Christ your Son, that being guided by the light of his truth, may we may at last obtain the light and joy of heaven, and give all praise and glory to you, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our sermon text for this fifth midweek is recorded in Matthew chapter 27, beginning at verse 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put on his head and put a reed in his right hand, and kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and took the reed, and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. Here ends our reading. Fellow redeemed, they thought it was hysterical. This Galilean peasant pretending to be a king. It cracked them up. They decided to have some fun with his apparent delusion. The soldiers began by taking away his clothes. So he had to stand there naked as they mocked him. Then they found a beautiful scarlet robe and put that around his shoulders. There, now he's beginning to look kingly. They joked with one another. You know what's missing? We need a crowd. And so one of them thinks up a crown for this peasant king from Galilee, a crown to teach him a thing or two about his silly daydreams, a crown of entwining thorns, a reminder of God's curse on the ground after the fall into sin, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. They smash the crown down upon his head, and the thorns bite into his flesh, and the blood pours. O sacred head now wounded, with grief and shame weighed down, now scornfully surrounded with thorns thine only crown. And still he stands there. His response is not what they hope for. He is silent to the taunts, the mockery, the jeers. As a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Someone comes up, with another missing item. A king needs a scepter. They scrounge around and find a reed, and they thrust it into his right hand. They step back to admire the finished product, 
blood running down his face from the thorns cruelly piercing his head, his naked body barely covered with a red scarlet robe and a flimsy reed that flops this way and that in his head. Behold the man who would be king, they say. Laughing with scorn, they fall on their knees. Oh, your majesty, they say. Hail, hail, king of the Jews. Still he looks on in silence as their mockery turns vicious. He will not play along in their game, so he will pay. And they begin to spit on him to show him their utter contempt of this deluded upstart. They take his scepter and whip him with the reed. Some scepter, some rule, some kingdom. You are nothing and you're about to die and it will not be easy. Wait and see, king of the Jews. Men mock and taunt and jeer thee. Thou noble face of Christ, though mighty world shall fear thee, how art thou now despised? And as he looks on them, what these men miss is the depth of his pity for them, for these who wound him with mockery, who try to shame him, and who are preparing to torture and murder him. Look into his eyes, and you will see it, a depth of pity and a fountain of love that will shake you to your core. It is a common human trait, even among fallen humanity, to love your friends and to seek to do them good. But to love your enemies, to have nothing but pity and compassion for those who mock and taunt and jeer at you and who are preparing to kill you? What is the mark of our heavenly friend, of Jesus Christ? What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend, for this thy daring sorrow, thy pity without end? Limitless pity, no end to it. The look of pity from the face of the mock king extends not only to his torturers, but also to the entire human race who are complicit in his death. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He would say only a few hours later. Of course, the truth beyond all truths is that Jesus actually is king, the king promised to the Jews. Yes, Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited son of David, but even more, he is the king for the Gentiles and our ruler. He is the one to whom the entire universe belongs. Every one of us, including those who mocked and shamed him, owe our existence only to his will that we exist. You will never ponder the passion aright until you remember that a single thought from Jesus could have undone all those who sought his death. A single thought could have destroyed us all. But in the face of provocation, all he gives in return is love, pity, mercy, for that is what fills him. That is who Jesus is. And this is how he reigns as king above all things. He rules in love, unconquerable by hate. For you see, Jesus is determined to share fully in the lot we have chosen for ourselves. We were destined to sit on thrones in glory and to be robed in majestic garments and to wear crowns on our heads. That is what our God wanted for us, why he created us in the first place. 
but we threw it all away and embraced instead the path of suffering and death, of loneliness and pain. He would not have that be our end. He came to walk that path as king, so that through his sufferings, all that we lost might be restored to us again. Jesus is stripped that our sinful nakedness might be clothed in the bright robe of his righteousness. He wears a crown of thorns that we might wear a royal diadem. He is beaten and mocked that we might be welcomed and treasured. Love incarnate will overcome all hatred and mockery and remain love that a way would be open for us to return from this misery of sin and death into the kingdom the Father planned for us from the beginning. Jesus walks that way, the way of suffering in kingly fashion. None of the mockery can take away from him his majesty, his glory, his peace. He undergoes every part of his passion in burning love for the fallen race of men so that we might be restored. He chooses to lay down his life that we might live in him. Such love on his part begets love on ours. That is why we sing together, O make me thine forever, and should I fainting be, Lord, let me never, never outlive my love for thee. Behold your king. Behold beneath the spit the blood the blows, the eyes that look upon you with tender compassion and cry out for you, child, out of love for you, that you might be my own and live with me in my kingdom forever. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen.